Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by the Seaside Half Marathon and 5K on October 20th, 2019, starting at the Sawmill Cafe in Seaside Park at 8 a.m. The half starts at 9 a.m. And Brian, do you know anyone pacing that race? I do. I know two people pacing that race. Actually, I know more than that, but I know the two of us. So join Brian and myself pacing. Actually, we'll be pacing the first two groups at the Seaside Half Marathon. Medals to all finishers of both races. And run the 5K and the half, earn both individual race medals and also earn a third challenge medal along with long sleeve tech shirts to all entrants. It's uh, the race benefits the Marine Mammal Stranding Center, which is a really cool thing when the mammals will come up on the beach and things like that. They actually Dad used service. to do that stuff yeah. with the sea turtles and so whatnot. How cool. Great benefit for that. Um, the Triborough First Aid, which is, uh, you know, the seaside uh, local first aid squad, and uh, the Ocean Running Club's scholarship fund. Um, cool thing this year, too. Awesome. What are they doing, Christine? They're going green. Yes. So they're eliminating all the plastic cups from the water stops. They're using paper only. And they're adding a refilling station. So some, most, some people run with their handheld uh, water uh, um, you know, devices or you know, the, the, um, so they can refill those as they go during the race. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's give you that time and date again. It's the uh, 20th of, of uh, October. Uh, there's a 5K starts at 8. The half marathon starts at 9. If you complete both races, you can actually uh, get a, a third medal for the challenge race. Uh, you know, it's a really, really fun event. Um, the uh, It's been on going on for quite a long time, uh, and it's a great half marathon, super flat, going to have awesome, awesome pacers. I'm pacing the 135 group. Christine's pacing the 140 group, and then there's going to be five-minute increments uh, of pace groups. Brian told me I can't pass them because then I would the be at the back. wrong pace. Great. Yeah, you better chill out, Conti. It's going to be great. I'm going to run nice, even splits. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to run a 135 if you run with me. I'm not. We're going to be good. So everyone, make sure um, they're all over Facebook, all over media. Um, if you get onto Instagram, um, it's ORC Seaside Half. Make sure that you get on the right one. You don't want to be joining anything in Florida, okay, because that could mess you up. So definitely in New Jersey. Um, please get on their website and all of their information we're actually going to put up on our website, which is twofitcrazies.com. You could click right on there, register, get involved. It is going to be fantastic. Join us. Yeah, yeah. What else are we brought to you by? So we're also brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness. That's ContiFitness.net. So make sure if you are interested in living a better quality life, you want some, you know, extra run training or you want to add a little extra, you know, fitness and wellness into your life. You want to feel good. Reach out. I work with a lot of people, whether it be online. I do certifications and, uh, if I'm not traveling and all over, um, Check out, let's face it together, the facial exercise and rehabilitation that is sweeping the country. Get a manual. All right, looking younger by the day. And uh, contifitness.net. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Again, that's my company. We're going to create some positive change in your life with uh, programs to improve your health, nutrition, your mindset, and everything else that we have going on. We do one-on-one programs. We do group programs. Uh, you know, online uh, it can be done or, uh, you know, locally if you are living in the area. Uh, we could take care of you in my office. Um, uh, we've got a lot going on. So, uh, you know, uh, as the uh, – 
calendar turns to September, it's always a good opportunity to reset, right? We uh, we always see that uh, turn to September and after Labor Day as a little bit of almost like a, a New Year's Day. So good time to take care of yourself and everything that you have going on because uh, life is sweet. And maybe you want to run a great race this fall and you want to reach out to Brian or myself to help you reach your goals. Always. You want to talk about running, you're not going to wear me out, that's for sure. Endurance athletes, it. right, Conti? We can we, hang in there with hey, the best of them. What do you guys need? <laughs> Brian and I got you covered. Reach out to us. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Next episode coming your way. Enjoy. It's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prender. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Episode 120. Coming Love at you. Victor and Lynn Brick. That's right. Now, there's a place on the Jersey Shore, and it's called Brick, New Jersey. Which is where both of us live. And it's hysterical because when I first heard of this place, I met my husband. I was living in Maryland and he was like, you know, I grew up, I went to, I lived in Brick. It was Point Pleasant Brick. He's like, it was in Brick. And I was like, Brick? That's the name of the town? He goes, yeah, it's right next to Wall. I go, you're joking. I was like, this is bull. Like, what? Needless to say, it's actually true. Um, and I do live here. So that was hysterical. But um, Victor... Brick and his wife, Lynn Brick, are rock stars, amazing, very successful, not only in the fitness industry, but I would say the business of fitness, which is honestly, if you want to be successful in the fitness industry, you need to be very business savvy. And again, for myself, I started in the fitness industry and now I'm in the business of fitness. Very proud of that. Cause yeah. it's, and so are you. It takes a, it takes a lot to really get into this, but, um, Victor, and his wife started out, they're going to tell their story about teaching some, you know, fitness and getting their feet wet the, the, to the, now, Brian, just tell our listeners what they're up to right now. Well, the intro to fitness in general in the first class, the first oh class gosh. ever taught uh, is a classic story that you're going to love. Uh, but but uh, Victor and Lynn they own uh, they they own Planet Fitness groups, uh, so they they you know they they have uh, uh, let's see over seventy clubs that they own right now in Planet Fitness, and they're expanding as we speak uh, to another twenty more or so within the year. Uh, they've owned um, a local a local brand uh, called Brick Bodies since nineteen eighty five, um, and they have uh, several of those stores. Christine, how many of the Brick Bodies did they have? I forget. Um, it was over, it's over 10. It's a, you know, quite a big, uh, group that they have and, uh, they are some of the most successful people in the fitness industry with all the clubs that they own and the, you know, that, that they, they, and their story's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Victor co-founder, um, chief executive officer at planet fitness growth partners and then co-founder of Brick bodies. He's a, they're both international consultants in the fitness industry and it's just a great story of how they got to where they they are now, which are I mean, huge movers and shakers in the industry. So when we think about people, you know, trying to go out on their own and I, some of the advice that they give. And again, I always write down some of the quotes. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. They talked about a lot. And you are going to love this conversation because they are two like super down to earth people that have so much great knowledge and experience and ups and downs. And Victor at one point talks about losing a million dollars and, and 
kept on going. You know what though? The one of the things that really I really admire the most about the story and the, and the information that and and and, their, and everything that they told us was that how they they you know willingly put a lot of it on hold to raise their families. Uh, I admire that greatly. Um, they really looked at one of the graduations of the child, the final child to graduate college, and they said, "Okay, now it's our time." Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know the success and the growth and a lot of uh, you know the the, um, the the clubs that have they've taken on have come since then and uh, you know it's just an admirable thing that uh, you know for me as a father of three um, you know I, I really do look to take that time with my family and you know it I don't see it as a hindrance or something that gets in the way and what's important now they uh, mentioned what's important now and that's right I know that. Um, there's some things in the, in the, in the show that you're going to pick up on, but I think even for you guys listening right now, sometimes I have a daily agenda and I have a lot. It makes, it makes if I show it to Brian, it makes him anxious. Anxiety. It gives me anxiety sometimes too. But in the last couple of years, I've really sat down and looked at that agenda and say, all right, I'm not going to have anxiety. I'm going to say, all right, what's the most important thing that I need to get done Take today? Take it off the list. And, and those things I'm going to do, this is my priority. And guess what? These other things are ancillary, and if they need to be moved to certain days, then they're going to be moved to the other days. What's important now? And if it's that I need to be with my family right now, or it's important for me to be at these, they talked about going to every single one of their kids' games, right? and they played sports in college. My dad never missed a freaking game, ever. Yeah. That meant the world to me. Other, you know, my mom had to work and decide, but she had to do that. There was things that could or could not be moved around. But if you can have some of that control, it, it's about people. It's about helping people. What are you going to be remembered by? We talk to a lot of people and they talk about, you know, the money and the this and the, and really the most successful people are the ones that go forward with their heart that really genuinely want to leave a legacy of helping others. And right in line with that topic is the second part of the interview that we have, uh, which is their um, their passion project of the uh, John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation, uh, named after Victor's brother, uh, and it's and it's about um, mental health research and and uh, you know fitness and 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 exercise and nutrition and really providing uh, evidence based research uh, to help mental health situations through. Uh, like I said, uh, exercise and fit and, and, uh, movement and thoughts and, and, and nutrition and really taking that science, uh, and they fund it all themselves. They, they, uh, operations, 100% of the profits go to research. Yep. All the donations uh, made go to, go to the research for, for that because the, uh, the bricks, uh, pay for the operations out of their own pocket for this, uh, for this foundation. And, uh, Really, really interesting work. Um, you know, things that Christine and I are passionate about, and you've heard us speak about on the show. And um, it was came out of left field. We uh, when we when we oh, booked yeah. this, we really had no idea that that's what we had him on to talk about Planet Fitness and everything. And uh, and here we get this this nugget, uh, which is just uh, it's beautiful and um, you know something that that um, you know is just very compelling. And Damn it, they're good people. Uh, yeah, right? they're hard happy. Yeah, need more of so, that out uh, there. Uh, so without further ado, we'll let you get to this one. Uh, episode 120 of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast. It's a beauty. Listen up. Here we go. Thank you. 
is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are too Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, you know where it's at today? Uh, tell me. It is episode 120. Uh-huh. We are moving along. Rolling. Hit, hitting a new decade in our, uh, in our podcast again. Always celebrating. And we have some fantastic guests today that this is, this show listeners is not going to disappoint. Amazing stories. And, uh, we've got a couple on the phone joining us on our podcast. It is Victor and Lynn. Tell us who you are, your names, and where you're coming to us from. Well, I'm Victor Brick, and I'm Lynn Brick, and we are coming to you live from Miami Beach. Oh yeah, and we are the you know, we are the CEO and the president, and the founders of uh, Planet Fitness Growth Partners, which is the largest uh, independently owned Planet Fitness franchise group in the Planet Fitness system, and we also have our own chain of clubs called Brick Bodies, and we are international consultants and travel around the world doing all kinds of cool stuff and helping out in the fitness industry. So, so it, it's fair to say that you guys have been at this a little while, then, uh, as established as you are with uh, with everything that you're doing. How long have you been in the fitness industry? Well, we started in the fitness industry in 1982. Um, I was looking for part time work. I applied to be an aerobic instructor because I had a master's degree in exercise physiology and I was teaching phys ed classes at a community college. So I applied to this health club, to a racket club to teach aerobics. And I thought it was going to be running, swimming, biking, that kind of stuff. And I show up and there's 20 women. They want me to teach an aerobic dance class. <laughs> so I ran out to my car, ran out to my car. I got a tape. Simon and Garfunkel was the only tape I had, and I taught my first aerobic class to Simon and Garfunkel, if you can imagine it. Yeah. Can, can you believe it? Are you going to Scarborough Fair was his favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I realized I realized they were going to fire me, so I talked to my wife, who was a dancer and a nurse. She was only working half days. She was working from 12 midnight to 12 noon. You know, it was only half a day. Half a day. So I figured, heck. I'd let her sleep till four and then she could go up to the, this racket club and teach, take over for me. And she did. And of course the class went from 20 to 30 to 40. And all of a sudden we had a little business and, and I started charging and we started renting racquetball court space around Baltimore, which is where we're originally from. And from those humble beginnings, we now have 70 clubs. I think we got 600,000 members and we probably have what four hundred roving instructors working for us. Yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, uh, and the, and the time. then the playlist has changed. I take it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not for me. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so now, what I love is that you are both of you are from Maryland. Is that right? Well, I'm from Hawaii, and then Maryland, and Lynn's a Maryland girl all the way, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I got it because I'm actually a University of Maryland grad and I actually taught in Montgomery County because I saw, I think, Victor, you went to Springbrook High School, correct? I certainly did. Okay, so I taught at Sherwood High School and also at Wheaton High School and coached for quite a a few years when I lived down there before I met my husband and moved up to the Jersey Shore where I currently live with my kids. And I was looking at that going... Hmm, you're talking racket club. Where, where were these racket clubs? I'm wondering if, if these were places, haunts that I worked part-time as well when I was down there. Actually, they were in Baltimore by then because I went up to chase my girlfriend and future wife. It happens. And so it was in Bel Air. 
and then like Bel Air and then around, around Baltimore. But you live in Brick, New Jersey, correct? Yes. Isn't that great that we have the bricks on and yeah. we're near Brick, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So here you kind of grew up in the town I grew up in. You live in Brick, New Jersey. Uh-huh. We were going to sue. We were going to sue the town of Brick, New Jersey for using our name. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, so, uh, and uh, it's just all these, these uh, powers in the universe, these forces in the universe that bring people together so it's kind of ironic there i yeah. think you guys should come here and just be like you know we're mr and mrs brick so you're the, this is our family town passed, every coffee free we passed through there once we passed through there once and tried to get a free cup of coffee and they gave it to us and charged us a dollar and a half so uh, we ain't go. going back we'll uh we'll get you a t-shirt or something yeah it's it actually is a very beautiful place so you know it could be worse it could be you know a town with a terrible it could be a terrible town this is actually a wonderful town with the brick you know oh it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> we have we have friends that live in the, well family live on the east uh, on the on the shore as you say that going uh, you know the eastern uh the uh, eastern shore so we of new jersey so we go down there go down brick beautiful beautiful so uh, 70 clubs, right? That's quite an endeavor. Uh, and, and all planet for, besides the, uh, the, uh, uh, brick, uh, what are you, brick bodies, uh, aside from brick bodies, all of them are, uh, uh, planet fitness. Yes. We have really two divisions of the company, brick bodies, which is the local brand and it's full service, you know, pools, basketball courts, every imaginable, uh, type of training, you know, turf fields and, and all kinds of stuff in there. And, and there are four of them and our daughter runs those. And then we, Lynn and I concentrate pretty much on planet. We've had the brick body since 85. And then in the 2000, the end of 2007, so really 2008, we got into planet fitness and now we're, we're pushing 65 clubs and we'll probably open a dozen next year or so. You know, we'll have a hundred clubs before you know it in the planet space. Brian, he's a pretty cool guy to know, huh? <laughs> you guys are pretty awesome. It sounds busy, Vic. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, well, yeah, I know we're talking to a lot of people. And they want to know our story. We went to this seminar about quantum leap because we always knew we wanted to do something special in the fitness industry. And he said two things. And he was, uh, he was a wacko guy and he was using the F-bomb and he was trying to get in everybody's face and he was turning people off. But he, but he hooked us in that we saw that he was testing us and we were going to take his challenge. And we actually went to Scotland and paid money that we didn't have and went through this <laughs> week, a week-long seminar. And most of the stuff he gave us was straight out of books and stuff. But the two things he said, one, get a world-class CFO. And two, you got to sacrifice everything. And I mean everything to build a, a huge company. And we looked at ourselves and we said, well, we ain't going to sacrifice everything because we want to spend time with our kids while they're young. And we don't have the money for a world-class CFO. So we didn't get the CFO and we focused on our business, but our first priority was always our kids. And our kids were great kids, but they were also very good athletes. They played Division One basketball. One played at the University of Maryland and was all ACC, and the other played at the Citadel. And we went to every game. And there, Lynn, what do you say? That their graduation was... Their, actually, our son's graduation, because he's younger, his graduation was our liberation. And what year did he graduate from college? 2009. He graduated from in college in 2009. We had seven clubs. So in the last 10 years, we've opened 60 clubs, 65, because they didn't 
you know, they're on their own now. We're still their parents. We love them. We see them all the time. But all of a sudden, we could implement what that guy told us. And his name was Sam Pena. We want to give him the credit. And by the way, we've had a world-class CFO for the last 20 years. Correct. And what a world-class CFO will do for you, he will keep your eye on the ball and keep score. Because yes, business is great. We love fitness and we never about the money. It has never been about the money. But the bottom line is sooner or later, you got to pay the bills. And that's the job of the CFO to keep score. Hey, how are you doing? Here's how we're, what money we're making. Here's what we can spend. We consult the people all over the world and they tell us they're, they're making money. We go and we look, first thing I always look at is their financial statements and they don't realize they've been broke for years, but just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a little bit of money in the bank, but when you look at what they owe and what they have, they're way behind, and that's the definition of bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is when you owe more money than you have, and I don't mean debt-wise. I mean ongoing expenses. You can have a $100 million debt, but if your payment on it is 4000 a month and you don't have 4000 a month in the bank, guess what? You're broke. So anyway, we, we wanted to make that clear how, how we built these two companies and we turned the one company brick bodies over to, to, to Vicky and then our daughter. And we've been building planet. We literally have built 65 planets in 10 years. That's a, a tremendous amount of growth. As far as the industry goes, is that on par with, with how, you know, a, a group like yours would, would operate, you know, the expansion uh, quite so rapidly in 10 years and, and, you know, 65, 70 clubs and, and, you know, another 30 on the way. Is that kind of yeah, that's uh, it. similar to what would what you'd see out there? You wouldn't be talking to us if we were normal. <laughs> <laughs> you Agreed. wouldn't be talking. God did not put mm-hmm. us on this earth to be average. <laughs> Do not be average. We are now probably the 15th largest health club chain in the country to answer your question. And most of our growth has been organic. Uh, you know, a lot of companies grow by through mergers and acquisitions, but we have focused on organic growth, like, like Greenfield, Blue Ocean Strategy. Every year, Planet Fitness, which is the fastest growing full service. I mean, I'm not talking about small clubs and uh, small boxes and, un, uh, you know, un, uh, clubs with no staff. I'm talking about twenty to 30,000 square foot clubs with, hundreds of pieces, literally hundreds of pieces of equipment, thousands of members and dozens of staff. Planet Fitness is the fastest growing health club chain in the world for that big box concept. They've eight year, They've only been giving out the, the developer of the year for eight years because they didn't start. It didn't start except eight years ago. And that's the guy that opens the most clubs in a year. We've won it twice. The only group to win it twice, last year we were third, and I was pissed because we had two clubs that if they'd have waited two weeks, we'd have won that too. So that gives you an idea. We, it's all about the size of the dream. This is what we got from Dan Pena, that guy that with the castle and the, you know, kind of trying to impress you how tough he was, but then the reality had a big heart and he was trying to help you. It's all about, we were going to build, borrow money for three planets. Because remember, we were only sitting on four or five brick bodies after 20-some years. We were going to borrow money, build three planets, then add a cash flow, build 10, sell, head to the beach, and be fab, dumb, and happy. And here we are at 65 planets. We'll open a dozen next year. And we aren't even beginning to slow down because we changed the size of the dream. 
And we believe in scorched earth policy, no prisoners, full <laughs> speed ahead. The faster you go, the, with uh, you have to be have to have a system, and you have to be uh, in, intelligent about it, smart about it. But the faster you move, the better the advantage in anything: sports, military, business. The guys that move slowly are the guys that get crushed. I I I, uh, I like it. Where uh, where are these uh, locations? Are you all coast to coast? Are you uh, just sticking to the East Coast? Where are they? Uh, the locations. Well, we own the franchise rights for most of the state of Maryland, Washington D.C., Broward County, Florida, Middle Tennessee, and East Tennessee. Uh, that that's around Nashville and then further east. And then also Seattle and San Francisco. So we are coast to coast. We are also going international. We'd tell you where we're going, but then we'd, of course, have to <laughs> kill you. Kill you. I got it. I totally got it. I mean, it is and, planet and you, fitness. You wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want that because it's a slow, painful death. You know, spoon, <laughs> gouge your heart out with a spoon. It's really, really, really hurt. It really hurt. So tell us what but, is. But we do. We have opened several clubs internationally. We're, we're not at liberty to say where because things are still happening, but we, we've here, you know, two, two, uh, a recreation director and a nurse from Baltimore teaching part-time in racquetball courts to now what the 15th largest health club chain in the United States, coast to coast and now international. So again, all about the size of the dream. It's about the size of the dream. And what does it take, Lynn? Focus and communication. What does it take to launch a dream? Uh, it takes a team and that's, yeah, hiring people who believe what you believe. And so we cannot take credit for ourselves. We have a phenomenal team. We just did four team building events in the last two weeks. Yesterday, we took 25 of our managers in uh, or Oregon, in, in Miami. I forget where I am. In Miami, out rowing. Have you ever rowed in a, like really rowing in a skull, you know, like the eights? It, I have I not, and I would like to. Uh, it, you try it sometime. It takes coordination. It takes teamwork. It takes communication. And guess what? If you don't, you can tip that bad boy and everyone could be in the water. And we've done it. One of our groups that happened. We had best athletes in the same boat and everyone wanted to be chief. chief and they all started pulling the rings separate ways. And that boat flipped over. And we were in the middle of a lake. <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we have a phenomenal team. We took 150 in Maryland. We took 150, uh, no, Tennessee, 100 paintballing. Maryland, we did dragon boat races, so which was, which was 150 people. And then Seattle, we did rowing again. And that's where one of the boats tipped. So anyway, we got a great team. We, we, we do a lot to build it. And, and that's what it takes. It takes and the size of the dream and it takes a team to launch a dream. And really the third thing is culture and that's what we really instill in our in our team is the culture because culture eats strategy for breakfast that's kind of our mantra our mantra is culture eats strategy for breakfast i like that that is gold <laughs> i'm writing that one down that's a good one culture eats strategy for it's breakfast it's true though i mean you could have the best you know people ideas yeah, and no people if no one implements culture, right? yeah they get caught up in this strategy stuff and you got to have a sound strategy but you don't have a strong culture. You got nothing. You got nothing. 
So what's the day-to-day like for you guys? I mean, obviously managing all these people and managing your managers and, and, uh, and, and making the day work. What's, uh, I mean, what is it, what is it like? Do you, are you traveling to each of these locations? Are you constantly on the move or you stay put? Do you, uh, you know, manage from, uh, the war room, so to speak? Well, I tell you what, it's all about trust and hiring the right people and then trusting that they're going to fulfill their role as, their, as, a, as a leader. And uh, we do pop into our clubs and we do travel to all the clubs. Like, for example, in Tennessee, just a couple of days ago, we, we popped into a club. We, every place that we go to, we always do unannounced pop-in visits to. And, and what's so great about that is that our staff are so happy to see us. They're, they embrace us with hugs. They just love the fact that we've honored them with, with our just coming by to say hello and see how they're doing and see how we can help. Uh, the, the bottom line is that most of the things you hear, most of the things you hear are incorrect, such as never going to f- business with your family and we're in it up to our ears. Never have partners, never borrow money, all these things. And what you hear is you can't have your cake and eat it too. And guess what? You can. My CFO, remember he's world class. He just got us. And I don't want to throw numbers around to impress anybody, but I want to make it a point. We just got, was it 300 million or 200 million? 300. We just got 300 million bucks. He lives in Tampa. Lynn and I are down here in Miami. Our headquarters are in Baltimore. Our chief development officer, remember, we're opening 12 clubs coast to coast. He lives in Manchester. We have a central office. We work remotely and everyone has assignments and it's one of those stay in your lane, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We have group meetings and everybody's supposed to focus on what they do and report and everyone needs to know what is expected of them. I find that in so many companies, people don't know what's expected of them. One of our other mantras, we have this house of pillars. I wish this was a visual, and this is the kind of stuff we talk on around the world. We project our house of pillars, and the lentil is culture eat strategy for breakfast. The steps are things like focus and communication and simplifying this and that. And, and well, actually, the pill, one of the pillars is focus and communication. So our whole company is built on these pillars, and focus and communication is one of them. So we focus and we communicate clearly. And then we have a meeting rhythm and a daily activity rhythm. So we have all these different areas. Each area has, the company's got a COO, and the COO sits over the whole, every, uh, all the operations. The CFO sits all over all the financial. This, so those C-level people, Lynn and I are C-level, COO, C-level, CFO, the C-level. Then we go to the D-level, the, the director level, and the DOO, the director of operations, is in a region and he needs to be in every club every quarter under him i mean every month he's got to be in every club every month in his area under him is a regional that regional's got to be in every club every week and under the regional is the general manager and obviously the general manager is in every club every day so we got every day every week every month the coo is in all the clubs every quarter and then lynn and i are bop in as we can. But here's the thing people need to keep in mind, whether you got a big business or a small business, your most valuable possession is your time. That's your personal time. It's your professional time. It's your time. 
so we could run around and be at every club every couple of months and, and, and spend all of our time. I mean, we got 70 clubs. How can we do it? Or we can do what we do. And that's bring 150 people together for a dragon boat outing in Baltimore Harbor at the Under Armour headquarters. We touched 150 people in one day. We have fun. We show them how that we're real people. And then we jump on a plane, fly down to Florida, and do the same thing the next day. So we are very strategic with how we spend our time. And what Lynn's talking about, about the bopping in thing, we'll bop into Tennessee for that paintball, and we'll bop into one or two clubs. Nobody knows which club it's going to be. So they don't prepare, and they don't clean extra, and they're not in their Sunday go to meeting clothes. And we (laughs) find out what they're really all about. But I will tell you this. Nobody bothers us before 10 o'clock in the morning. Do you know why? Why, Victor? Because 10 (laughs) o'clock in the morning, we're out on the beach. We're getting in the water. We're doing our Qigong. We're doing our walk on the beach. It's our time. It's our mindfulness preparedness time. time. So that gets back to you can have your cake and eat it too. You've just got to have that vision in your mind of what you want it to be, what you want your life to be like. And then you work backwards. You know, remember what I said, we were going to get 10 clubs and get to the beach. Well, it took us a while, took us a lot more 10 clubs. But right now, I wish I could show you, I wish we were doing FaceTime because I just flashed the phone towards the windows and guess what you'd see? The beach. We got there. So you can have your cake and eat it too. So as you can see, we've got a very, structured life, but it's structured the way we want it, not the way the world wants it. And in other words, we're very blessed. Very blessed. And you've worked very hard with a very laser-focused vision to to get where you want to be. And with family first, as you said, and then with everything else, showing that you know you, you love hard work. You, you love a challenge. And, and this is what keeps, this is what, this is what life is all about what you're talking about, you know, the families together, you know, you're working together, you have this vision that is something that is positive. And of course, I'm sure we haven't even mentioned this. We've talked a lot about, you know, growth and growth and growth. There had to have been times where you've been like, oh my gosh, is this, is this the direction I should be going? Should I, is this not working or, oh my goodness, you know, and you've, you've kept going. How have you been able to do that? Uh, the drugs do help. <laughs> they, uh, they say success comes from good judgment. Good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. Suffice it to say, we have had a lot of experience (laughs) and you just have to realize that you will have those speed bumps in the road and some will be huge, but you've got to keep things in perspective. And just like, you know, we have this foundation, the John W. Brick mental health foundation. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. And it's, it's how uh, we want to change the way people treat mental health. But one of the things that is essential in mental health treatment and also substance abuse, which quite frankly was the form of mental health, is a support group. And you got to have a support group for these times. 
And my support group was my wife's and I was her support group. And also this round table of friends that we got into in the fitness industry, which we'll talk about later. But first let's talk about some of our, our failures and our, our bad judgment. (laughs) And the best example, the two best examples, when we started out first year in business, we bought this club, a club, our first club, which was now our per, our corporate headquarters. And the roof is leaking and I couldn't afford, we couldn't afford to pay it. So I got this catalog. You could do the roof for 12,000 bucks. Rick Pineau had given me a quote for 24,000 to do the roof. I didn't have the 24, but I had the 12. So I ordered the gallons of tar and the spray gun that you dropped in the roof's 20 feet high and you had this hose going down into these 500 gallons of tar and we you'd spray the roof well i I don't want to get into all the details the bottom line is we didn't know what we were doing we were spraying cars in the parking lot instead of the roof and that's a true story And, and midway through we ran out of tar and then it rained so instead of water coming down the walls of the club guess what was oh coming down gosh. the walls of the club now? this is just has bad idea oh. written all over it oh so i gosh. run home i run home like fred flintstone and i get all the lens pots and pans and i put them under the tar leaks oh. and i call up rick Fineau. It's now it stopped raining i called rick Fineau and i said rick you got to come and help me out my roof's leaking that he comes up he looks at the roof he goes victor it's twenty eight thousand. i said rick it was twenty four thousand last week he goes yeah but now i got to take your your roof off and he wanted it in cash because he knew I didn't have any money. So I told him to wait outside the office. And I got down on my hands and knees and I prayed. And I'm not kidding you. I said, Lord, I don't have this money, but I'm going to write this check. I know you're going to take care of me. I wrote that check for 28000 I handed it to him. He took off. Five minutes later, my bookkeeper came in. She goes, Victor, we overpaid our liability insurance by $29,000. Here's the check. <laughs> they sent us a refund. What do you want to do? With it? I, and Lenny, is that true? Yes, absolutely. Every word. Unreal. And what's the lesson, man? You just, you do what you got to do. I wrote that check. I gave him that check. And I was determined to somehow make ends meet. I was given a miracle. But if you're not given a miracle, you fight through. You and just the other work story, a little harder. You work a little harder. I, I called my dad up. We were losing money. And I called my dad up. And, and, and I said, Dad, what do you grew up in Silver Spring? And he walked in. I said, Dad, what are we going to do? We're losing money with this and that. And he looked at me with that bat and eye. This is a guy had been through World War II, a veteran, and met my mother after the Battle of Manila. And, you know, one of the, the quote, greatest generation. He looked at me dead in the eyes and said, Victor, we're just going to work a little harder. And that's the motto I've had ever since, just work a little harder. We lost. And you guys remember the uh, stock market, the, the, the uh, dot-com, you know, boom in the, like, the late uh, early late 1990s early 2000s sure of course we're thinking yeah so we're thinking we're smart as all these guys making all this money if we only had a little money we could we could do it too so i didn't tell in this <laughs> but i figured Great. i would take all the money out of the eft you know how you get your billing the first of every month when you have eft for a health club uh-huh. and then you pay your bills you pay your bills the rest of the month well you got that means you got a couple of weeks before you really need to pay bills so I took all the money out of the EFT, a million bucks, and I threw it in the stock market and I threw it into futures, which was the highest yield, but the highest risk. And a week later, the market crashed. Oh. And remember, I said my daughter was a basketball player. She's in the gym someplace shooting baskets and I'm outside frantically trying to sell my stock before it crashes. And I lost a million bucks in a half hour, a million bucks. We did. We did not have. Oh, my gosh. It's how I got going. It's how I got going to Starbucks. 
<laughs> I, I started because yeah, it's early 2000. Nobody had cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone. And I would hide out in the back of Starbucks because the debtors had come by the office looking for checks. And I don't know how we did it. To this day, I cannot tell you how we finally caught up. I can't tell you what month we finally caught up. All I know is I'm here today doing this interview, and we ain't worrying about debtors coming by our door and not being able to pay our bill. Or hiding in Starbucks. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. I was doing, I was at a party telling this story to a bunch of people that were asking me if we ever had any hardship. How many years ago, Lynn? Oh, at least 10 years ago. No, was it 10 years ago that yeah. you that, that you found out about that? No, maybe it was eight, <laughs> five years ago. Something. It was, it was not that long ago. It was five years ago that she finally found out about this because I was telling it at a party. And she and looked at me and she said, You did what? <laughs> a million? I had no idea that he, he did that. She, she had no idea I did it. I faked it. That's that's one of the, our mottos. You fake it till you make it. I faked it in that aerobic class. You should have seen me. Seriously. I did a pretty good job teaching the Scarborough Fair. You fake it. You fake it till you make it. You just keep going. You keep swimming. You get knocked swinging. You get knocked down. You get back up on your feet. And you keep going. You need help. You hug your wife. You cry. She slaps you like she did at the base of, of Mount Whitney. We're climbing a 15,000-foot mountain, and I'm quitting at 14,700 feet. And she slaps me and says, come on, boys. What do you think of yourselves tomorrow? And grabs me by the shirt, and we summited. Just think about it. Quit. Get to 14,700 feet, and you quit. 300 feet from the summit. So you rely on your friends, you rely on your, your mate, you rely on your partner, but you just keep going. I love the fact that you have each other's back. That's so, so important that we talk to people all the time that are are not supported. They don't have that support system. They may have this dream. They may have this drive like you do, and they just don't have the people that believe in them. And I think that that makes so much of a difference, like you're saying, um, and I wrote that down, culture, each strategy. You can have the best strategy in the world, but you don't have that wolf pack, that tribe that believes in it, that's going to implement it. You got nothing. And we don't have the G because we're in Jersey. To, it's yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. To the, to the point that you can lose a million dollars and still be uh, you know healthy enough to move on from that. That's an amazing story, Victor and Lynn. <laughs> it, was, it was only money. I went in and started teaching my daughter the basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Oh, my God. Life exactly. goes on. But what, you're, but what you're both are saying, it is so true because it's not just about a personal relationship or a husband-wife relationship. It's also true and, and, and indicative of a healthy team because it, it, a strong team of associates or, or staff members has to trust each other and believe in each other and support each other, have each other's back but every single day. But it's not just about the team. One of the things that I need to tell, I, I want to make sure I, I uh, mentioned to all of the uh, listeners, you got to have a support group. You got to have a mastermind group. You got to have a mentoring group. We belong, I belong, Lynn used to, but she, now that we have a granddaughter, she, she's decided to, that's more important. Remember, family's top of our list, so, so she's had to step down. But we belong to this mastermind group. There's, there, there's 11 of us, all health club people. And at one time, 
then uh, May 12. So it was like the, you know, the dirty dozen. Mm-hmm. But when we started in this group, I had two clubs. My one buddy had 12, the other buddy had 20. And we thought they were huge in terms of size of the company. The one buddy with 12, that was 20 years ago. He sold his company for $2 billion. The other guy has 650 million, 650 clubs. There are three guys in our group with over 600 clubs. So I'll go to a meeting. We meet every two or three months, every two or three, two or three times a year. I'll go to a meeting. We'll go be going around the room and everybody will be saying what they're doing. And I'm so proud that I opened four clubs the last four months. And I'll say, you know, and, and they'll get to the one guy and he'll go, we, we, we opened 120 clubs. We're going to open 250 clubs this year. And by next year, we will have 800 clubs. And they'll come to me and I'll say, well, we're doing pretty good, but I'm good. You can, you can pass on. <laughs> and what's the motto? Never, never be the smartest guy in the room. Yep. You're the smartest guy in the room. You're in the wrong room. Those guys don't want to hear me crying about losing a million bucks. They don't want to hear me crying about a club not doing well. They don't want to hear me crying about a manager suing me. Every one of them is getting sued every week. They will listen if my child's got a problem or when Lynn had her brain tumor. Yeah, they gave me support then, but they're not going to live. They're not going to give me a shoulder to cry on about business because guess what? It's all a game. The most successful successful guy in the room has a theory of business. It's the most simplistic thing I've ever heard. And I use it as my guiding principle. And that is there are three ways to look at deals because we're all chasing deals now. We're all deal makers. We're no longer working on in the business. We're working on the business. And most people should work on the business instead of in the business. Hire somebody to work in the business you work on the business. When you're working on the business, you're doing deals. So here's the way to look at deals. And this is a guy from Europe. It's fantastic. It's shit. It's a game. Mm-hmm. So the deal is either fantastic or shit. There's no in between. <laughs> there's no, there's no kind of a good deal. Do you want to kind of invest? Do you want to invest in a kind of good stock? No. You want a hell yes. So we try to do nothing but hell yeses. If it's not a hell yes, that means it's shit. It's a hell no. <laughs> That's but great. if you guess wrong, if you guess, guess what? It's a game. You lost. You took a swing at a pitch. You missed it. Move on. So that's business. Life's different. But business, those three things. It's great. It's not great. If you miss, it's a game. I love this. When I hire people and I interview people, I, I say, I've, I've literally in my head, I have this check mark and it's, it's, is it hell yeah or is it, eh? Yeah. I said, if it's, eh, then get the hell out. Exactly. We're not doing it. Right. Because either you're that's all in right. or you're all out. There's right. no in between. Right. I think that's super yeah. great advice. You know what I have yeah. to say too is that, um, Brian and I are both, we call it recovering. We, you know, we were in business. We're both, um, I was in investment banking. I also taught. In, so I left New York and, and decided to teach and then got the boat close enough to the dock and left and went full-time in fitness. And um, Brian, same thing, left, you know, mortgage banking, mortgage banking and, and full-time fitness. And I know I have a husband at home that, you know, most people say, oh, well, you know, what do you do? Did you put away a couple hundred thousand dollars to start out or this and that? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I put away nothing. I said, because I knew that this was the time. If you don't do what you need to do at this time, and I'm... I've always competitive. I was a college athlete and, 
and I feel like there's a time in life where you're, you're drawn to something. You feel that this is the right thing. And whether it's a, whether you get a sign from God or whatever, um, that I couldn't go to sleep at night. I knew there was something bigger and people would say, well, how are you doing this? And the risk and the, my, I had a mother from Brooklyn, um, Victor and Lennon, she, your pension, Christine, what you're the, and I'm like, (laughs) you know what? That's, she doesn't really sound like that, but that's what I think of in my head. Um, but it was a, it was a risk, a calculated risk, but it's something I, you know, I turned to my husband and he was like, we'll figure it out, you know, and that's the same kind of saying that, that y'all have that you'll figure it out. If he's like, you know, you work hard, you've got this passion, you've got this strategy. Now it's figuring out being around the right people. Like you said, culture eats strategy because now you've got to put yourself surround yourself around those people that are going to lift you up. Um, my husband's in, in kind of mortgage and whatnot. And I always call myself, I'm like, you know, honey, I'm like, I want to be the, the ugliest house on the block. And he's like, that's the worst <laughs> analogy you're ever using. I said, but that's what I want to be. I don't ever want to surround myself lower. Let's go higher and higher. And people are only going to bring you up. The right people are going to bring you up. So I appreciate that Thanks. for our Thanks. listeners. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, everything you said, of course, is correct. The one thing people do need to keep in mind, entrepreneurs, and obviously we are all, Brian, Christine, and Lynn and I, of course, we, we are all entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have a higher risk tolerance than other people. But at the same time, if they're smart, they minimize risk. And the way you minimize risk, of course, is doing your homework and having a sound plan. So while culture does eat strategy for breakfast, you still do need a strong cult, uh, a strategy. And the way you develop that, you start with the end in mind, the end in mind, you work backwards and then you get to the win philosophy. What's important now. If you want to have 50 clubs, you work backwards to today, what's important now? And the thing that might be important is to raise money. The thing that might be important is for you to teach the classes like Lynn did to develop the reputation of having the most outstanding instructors and classes. You know how instructors are. If you're going to teach instructors and lead instructors, you've got to be the baddest instructor in the room. It's kind of like <laughs> trainers. If you won't be the head trainer, you've got to be the badass trainer can't just be some fat guy with a, a lot of money and a, and a tie that comes down the middle of your stomach and a, <laughs> drive a big car and, and lead trainers. It's not going to happen. So, so you got to, you do need a sound strategy, but it should be very simple and easy to implement. And it has to be a compelling, uh, BHAG that can, people can rally around that will drive the company forward. Even if you were not around something like to change people's lives, which is, kind of for the better, which is kind of a vague statement, but which can motivate people. In the, in the case of Planet Fitness, the company had that, that, that goal for us, and we rallied around it, and that was to be a judgment-free zone where everybody felt welcome. And I, we love our brick bodies, and they're phenomenal clubs, but if you walk in, most people in there are pretty fit. You go into Planet, and I'm not promoting Planet for the sake of planet, I'm making a point here. We give away t-shirts, everybody that joins in planet, which a lot of people do. 
at Brick Bodies, we do, and the most we ever give away is a double XL, maybe a three XL. We have given away five XL shirts at Planet, and I don't mean one or two of them. I mean a lot of five XL shirts. You know how big you've got to be to get into a five XL. <laughs> yeah. So that's the point. That's that's the that's an example of the that that the, they they do in fact push that it is something for everybody. So whatever it is, you have to have that compelling value, that that compelling uh, objective. And most of the time, for your culture to be strong, it's got to be a, 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 a goal of giving back. It's got to be a goal and a culture of giving back. And, and fitness is giving back. That's the beauty of fitness. Everything you do, even if you're running a Orange Theory or Barry's Boot Camp, yeah, they're fit people, but you're giving back to them. You're helping them with their fitness levels. You're helping them accomplish their goals. You're helping them. doesn't matter if they're already a nine. You're helping them get to a 10. We're helping a planet. We're helping people go from a three to a four. But we're giving back. Nobody, you, you guys have all been in the class when the instructor's up front, and, and they're there for themselves and not for you, and it mm-hmm. doesn't work. I, and I and I really like that, and that's something that you brought up, and I was going to bring up with Planet Fitness, and you know, one of the questions was why Planet Fitness is, a, you know, it's a, it's a crowded space, and why did you land there? Which you know is may or may not be important to this conversation, but I really think that you just hit on it is that Planet Fitness does provide that, you know, entry level or something for everybody type of. Uh, not only uh, you know equipment and, and programming and, and and everything, but price point as well. Uh, you know, for for something for people to really get in and get and get moving um, and get out of that five XL. Um, you know, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's a you know it's it, it, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, nearly half of our new members have never been in a health club before. Which which is, and I bet you if you, I bet you if a lot of these. Uh, other organizations that are really geared to fitter people did a poll. They'd be surprised how many people are in their class that once started at Planet Fitness. Right. I know a lot, a lot off the top of my head. I mean, it, it's amazing. And that is, yeah. I again, we talk about the other 80% is the big thing right now. There's about right. 20%. Exactly. We're, yep. That is, and I have to say, a Planet Fitness is catering to that 80%. Those people that yeah, are like, exactly. I, again, this, yeah. this is the podcast. What, where do I do? Like, I know I need to get healthy. I know I want, you know, more life. I know I want a better quality of life. What the heck do I do? Where do I go? And, right. you know, with your right. price point, just getting to the gym is like 99% of the problem. Get there and do yep. something. That's right. Do something better than nothing. That is it. And I think it's fantastic to have that you know, entry level, like you said, and this is place to, a place to go learn how to sweat. Right. And if yep. you, and, and if you want to keep in mind, we still have the brick bodies in, and we love that part of the business. Sure. And we, you know, we've got a brick bodies with what was got 11,000 members. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it's not as if we don't, that what's, you know, Lynn was in, did 15 exercises did there. She was in the buns of steel, <laughs> Six. She, she was instructor third. What were you the third or the fourth ID instructor of the year? I, I think the fourth. The fourth ID instructor of the year. She was. She used to do Les Mills. She was in charge of what was the program for Les Mills? You were in charge uh, the of body vibes, the body vibe. Body vibe program, yeah. and, and used to travel around the world like all these other people doing all. So, you know, we are not these people that uh, don't know what that that end of the uh, of the industry is like. That's where we've been living for thirty five years, but we saw an area that was unserved as well. And we, we went to that. That's where we went with Planet Fitness. And here's the 
advice I'll give to people that see these opportunities. If we had just gone from brick bodies to big bodies basic, it would have totally confused the public. You can't have this company that's known for group acts and group training and that, 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 and then come out with a budget model that hasn't have anything. And that's why we had to go with a completely different company, completely different brand, and we have separated them entirely because to focus on fit people or not, not fit people, the, the 20% takes a different mentality than the 80%. So if anybody there's listening to what we've done and think, well, I can do that too, keep in mind, if you're going to do it, you can basically go to two different markets. You got to have two different brands. All you got to do is look at uh, Toyota and Lexus. That's probably right. one of the best examples. And you could go right down the list of luxury companies that have a more affordable brand and it's usually totally separate name. I want to now pivot a little bit and there's something that you mentioned earlier, uh, which is the, uh, the mental health foundation that you've established. Talk to us about that. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, remember what I said, ultimately, ultimately you will be judged by what you give back to society. You will be judged by your staff, you will be judged by your members, and you will be judged long after you're gone. And long after Lynn and I are gone, and even Planet Fitness may be gone as an entire company, we hope we will be remembered for the John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation. And the John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation is the foundation Lynn and I have started after my brother, our oldest brother, John, who suffered from schizophrenia his entire life. And the only way he was ever treated was with pharmaceuticals, and they ultimately killed him. And we, all those years, even as that young boy going to visit him in all those hospitals and seeing my oldest brother just in this pathetic state and, and seeing the way they had drugged him and this way he wasn't the brother that I knew when he was healthy, because he would go through healthy periods, of course, too. I knew, even back then, in elementary and junior high and high school, I knew there had to be a better way. And now that I'm in fitness, I know there's a better way. So the John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation's mission is to fund and promote evidence-based research. And there's the key, evidence-based research on how holistic methods such as exercise, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle choices benefit mental health. Now, a lot of people will say things like, oh, it's known that exercise helps mental health, and people have done studies, and that's bullcrap. Here's the studies they've done. They test 30 people in a YMCA. They ask them how happy they are on a scale of 1 to 10 at the start of the program. Three months later, they ask them to rate themselves again. Mm. And then they say, people rated themselves happier and healthier, so exercise benefits mental health. That's not what we're doing. We're doing biomarkers. We're doing blood samples. We're testing basal nerve responses. Bagel. Bagel. Bagel (laughs) or basal. That's why I have my wife. She's the (laughs) lifeline. Bagel nerve responses. We're testing CRP levels, C-reactive protein levels, which, of course, indicate inflammation. Inflammation causes pain. Pain causes depression. That's the only way that the medical community and the community at large is going to take us seriously is when we beat them at their own game. And we are currently doing a one funding, and it's the John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation solely funding, a gold standard study with the University of California, San Francisco on how positive stress benefits mental health. 
Now, positive stress, three forms we're testing are high-intensity interval training, the Wim, the Wim Hof method of cold treatment and breathing techniques. Are you guys familiar with Wim Hof? The Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very. Uh, every, yeah, and, and meditation. And here's the thing about mental health. And here's the thing about most things in life. Here's the thing about aging. Most people, as they age, their ankles start to stiffen. So do they walk more up on their feet to walk through that discomfort? Or do they soften their gait and let their ankles lock even more to avoid that discomfort? And the answer is the latter. So over time, what do they have? Locked ankles. Mm -hmm. You have to experience positive stress for improvement. You want to gain muscle mass, you got to go into what I call the twilight zone. You got to get a little bit more uh, overload principle. You want to learn a musical musical instrument? You don't just play chopsticks the entire time. (laughs) You got to get out of your comfort zone. You want to swim? Get in the deep water. And you want to have good mental health? You've got to do things that get you maybe out over your skis a little bit and stress your body physically, not just mentally, physically. So your body responds. And guys, I could lecture on this all day long, how the man has de-evolved. We've evolved academically and intellectually, but, but physiologically, man used to be able to survive between 120 degrees above, 120 degrees and 20 degrees below zero. Cavemen. That's the only way they could live. Now, if it's below 68 degrees, we air condition it. If it's above 74 degrees, I'm above 74 degrees, we air condition it. If it's below 68 degrees, we heat it. And so our bodies are just shutting down because they don't have to uh, 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 handle stress. And that's the same thing with mental illness. So the point is that we are funding multiple studies to, to show how positive lifestyle choices and, and holistic methods benefit mental health. And I, I know I'm doing a lot of talk, but I want to just explain the concept and then you guys can, we, we, I know we got to wrap up. No, go we look at mental health. A lot of people will say, well, mental health, you know, how does that affect me? And uh, that's great, but, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't really, it, it, I, I don't really understand it. They say that 40% of the American population suffers from some form of diagnosable mental health. And this is the way we look at mental health. We look at it as a continuum with happiness at the one end as a 10. As you move down the continuum, you get to the fours, the five, uh, six, five, and fours. You get into mild depression and anxiety and not being able to sleep and worrying. And you keep sliding down the continuums of the ones and the twos. You get to severe depression. You get to schizophrenia. And ultimately, you get to hallucinization and even suicide. And we slide up and down that continuum based on our life experiences. And you can be at a 10 and get a call that one of your loved ones died in an accident and go to a three in seconds or watch your dog get hit by a car because he was chasing something and go to a, you know, and I could go on and on. And it doesn't even have to be that extreme. It could be that Somebody at your work cusses at you because you're, you know, a personal trainer and they get, and all of a sudden you go from a 10 down to a five or six. Most of us can recover and get back up to an eight or nine because we don't live in the tens. But others, like my brother, would just keep sliding 
until he was down there at that one or two. And we know that pharmaceuticals has a place. You get down to that three or four, that three, two, and one end of the spectrum. Yeah, you're going to lead a lot more than a long walk or a meditation or healthy eating. But we think that if you're living right and you have the, this, this, this playbook of what you should do to help when you're not, when you're starting to slip and you're feeling yourself, the walls closing in, you can reverse the process before you get too far down that continuum. So is that a pretty good uh, uh, image for you guys to see what we're trying to do with the foundation? We're not trying to be the only answer. We're trying to be part of the answer. And we're trying to get people upstream before they get past that point of no return to where hospitalization and medication are the only resolve. I'm going to let Brian even jump in on this one because this is our, this is what we do in life. We, we've heard so much for the, you know, the pill for the ill and, you know, a lot of people we talk to that are on the same mission and, um, it personally, I've been on chemo a couple of times and, and I do everything I can and I lecture about holistic health and, and what we can do. And we're all experiments of one and that, you know, you, there is Western medicine. It, it's, it's there for a reason, but what can we do to control our own bodies? This, it, you know, just, yeah. just because you have a, you know, headache, you don't need to take pills. What, what is causing that? How can we prevent yeah. this? How can we, you know, we think about our aging populations. How can we be proactive in what is happening and decrease that severity of, you know, flare ups or whatever's happening and Brian go. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where, where it's been completely lost on much of, uh, you know, mostly through modern medicine and, and it's just been completely mo- lost that how we move, how we, how we think, how we eat can affect our mood. Yep. Uh, you know, and, yep. and, uh, you know, like you said, uh, the example I was going to use is if you suddenly lost a million dollars, uh, you know, that, that would affect your mood. That would bring you on that scale from 10 to exactly. towards one, <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, and, and it's just, you know, it, it's right. Like that has been so lost that it's not even looked at very, you know, very much. And we know yeah. that it, that it's beneficial because we felt it ourselves in our own lives. Um, you know, as well as, a you know, antibiotic or anything like that when we feel ill, um, you know, so there's right. a time and a place for, for all of it. And that, um, you know, it's commendable uh, what you're doing and, and uh, obviously to name the foundation after your brother, uh, you know, which is near and dear to your heart is, is just all the more um, uh, it's just more passion driven. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you're doing great work with it. And it's amazing. Um, you know, I, how long has it been established? How long has this uh, foundation been open? So. So we we have been uh, established now three years, and we've started this. Uh, we raised the money; 100% of all money raised goes towards research. Lynn and I fund the entire foundation for um, the uh, administrative and all the backgrounds. So none of this seven cents of every dollar goes to research. Every penny raised goes to research, which Beautiful. is why we're st- we're starting multiple researches uh, studies. This study is about completed and we're able to publish our findings. And it is when it's a gold standard, that means it will be publishable. It, it, it's one thing to get a press release. It's another thing to get a peer review, peer two review, different yeah, volumes. Absolutely. This will be peer review literature. Uh, and what, what I'd like to do, because uh, we really do, unfortunately, need to uh, be moving. There's a hurricane down here, no joke. And <laughs> okay. uh, it's, uh, we're starting to move, get, uh, get, get, uh, getting ready for an evacuation. All right. First, 
I love that. I love that comment. Uh, we're all an experiment of one. That's phenomenal. It's a great way to look at it. We're going to, we're going to steal that. I, I just looked it up real quick. You do not have it trademarked. We <laughs> oh, will. Victor. Don't you dare use it. You've <sighs> already stolen the name of our name for your town. Don't steal that one. <laughs> and, and Lynn's going to give the, uh, the, uh, website, uh, for the foundation. And then we're going to have to sign off guys. Sounds good to us. All right. Tell us. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, so the, the foundation website is John, J-O-H-N-W Brick Foundation.org. Again, it's John W. Brick Foundation.org. And I just wanted to add on to what uh, Victor shared with uh, about the foundation and the history is that our BHAG for the foundation is to help change public opinion. It's to help change public opinion. And also, in addition to that, the John W. Brick Mental Health Foundation is a 501 uh registered so and you can donate online anyone listening can go. donate online we yeah we're gonna ask that or apply for a grant or apply for a grant for a study if you're doing one you could do a study at your studio i mean we we don't they don't have to be 1.5 million i hope not <laughs> 1.5 million dollar studies with major universities we, we could do if you have something that you want to as long as it's it's got to be evidence-based you have to be capable of doing biometric readings we're not we do not deal with anecdotal studies they're they're, they're cheap they're a dime a dozen mm-hmm. correct all right correct. well we're going to uh pass that information along to uh to all our listeners we're going to post it on our links for show notes and and uh and everywhere that uh, on all our social media platforms and uh listen we want you guys to be safe we're very grateful for you to come on and share your story with us and everything that you're doing it's uh you know it's it's a uh, tremendous Beautiful. yeah no we're really proud uh, of uh, to have you on and uh you know we appreciate you very much and and don't feel badly that you kept us an extra five minutes the water's only up to our ankles now so i think <laughs> oh, if we get the rowboat out we can still get to the airport Lynn. in time Jeez. <laughs> get, uh, get no pressure. All, right. all right we will be in touch yeah. and we'll put all that info out and you guys are rock stars thank you so much and with that said my name is christine county and i'm brian Prendergast. and we are two fit crazies and the microphone we are where it's at peace